Well, good morning, EKN Nation. Welcome to a new edition of our EKN Debrief. It's episode number 94. It is Tuesday, March the 29th. And today we'll be diving into the 2022 Challenge of the Americas finale, rounds five and six from Sonoma Raceway in Sonoma, California. David Cole, myself, Rob Howden, were there throughout the weekend, so we'll kind of unpack everything that happened at the finale weekend. This week's show is presented by Skip Barber. Are you looking for the next step in racing? Go from carts to cars with the Skip Barber Racing School. Skip Barber alumni are champions in every motorsport series, including Formula One, NASCAR, IMSA, and IndyCar. Get behind the wheel of a Skip Barber Formula Four car featuring a 160 horsepower turbocharged engine. Our highly structured and competitive Skip Barber Formula Race Series is the perfect platform to start your career so you can fulfill your dream of becoming a champion. With equalized race cars and a focus on driver development, your driving skills will determine if you end up in victory lane. Learn more about the Skip Barber Racing School at skipbarber.com or call 866-932-1949. All right, David Cole, um, you and I just uh, trucking out yesterday from uh, from San Francisco after staying there on Sunday evening. All told, a pretty darn good weekend with really great weather on Saturday and really so- overcast but no rain thankfully on sunday yeah i just saw you yesterday we were in san francisco yeah. weird um yeah the weather was not a not prime it wasn't the kind of weather you want but thankfully it was dry yes that was uh the key aspect uh especially on sunday a little colder temperatures during the morning hours and early hours of the day and then the, the sun at least was out and warmed us up a little bit but the wind was a little bit hectic uh, once that sun got behind the mountain, uh, that wind picked up and it got cold quick. So uh, thankfully, we were done each day, uh, but prior to the uh, the sun setting uh, behind the mountain. But other than that, yeah, we avoided the rain That's and it. no red flags. Uh, you know, dry weather. Not the wind wasn't too bad, but it was it was bearable except for a couple moments. But uh, other than that, yeah, overall good good weather weekend. And I'll, and I'll say this, I wasn't outside a lot, obviously inside uh, announcing the races for majority of them. Man, when, all the, when you kept coming back inside and all the crew came in at the end of the day, everybody was talking about the wind burn, right? There was so much wind throughout the weekend. It wasn't one of those crazy out of control winds, but there was that steady kind of a consistent, and then it got yeah. steady. And you guys were like, you know, you were burnt from the sun and of course from the wind as well. All in all though, you know, Friday and Saturday were sunny, beautiful blue skies. We knew that the the rain was going to come in on Sunday, and we'll touch on that a little bit when we get into the paddock pass. Uh, Overcast and windy all day Sunday, but as we said, Dave, no rain for the actual racing itself. So all told, uh, a solid weekend because it's been worse (laughs) at Sonoma in March. Yeah, we've had the rain uh, in Sonoma before. No fun. Um, Yeah, so it it made it it, uh, an easier weekend because we were expecting the worst, and thankfully we didn't get it. So... So that's a that's a way a, a good positive to uh, to end the uh, the not only the weekend but the but the series as well. Yeah, it was the finale for the Challenge of the Americas the event, of course, taking place March twenty fifth, twenty sixth, twenty seventh this past weekend. Rounds five and six of a six round championship. The fifteenth season we talked about it a lot. The fifteenth season for the championship uh, began back in two thousand and eight. We've been there for ten years ourselves, part of the eCarding News program. Uh, but again, weather was great. David, numbers probably not what we would have hoped for. And, and again, I, we, we don't really understand why, but they just don't get the big support from the locals, even though it's a rock track. <laughs> they have a rock Sonoma track. 
they just don't seem to get a lot of drivers that want to come out and challenge themselves against the best in the, you know, on the West coast and rock racing. It blows me away, surprises me. Uh, but 113 total, I think entries the same as we had back in the finale in 2021. Yeah, we did get the locals, just not as many as we, we keep expecting uh, that. I think that's the difference. You know, we're expecting all those who race at the, the rock Sonoma program should come back the following weekend and, and compete uh, against the best in the West and, and try to not, you know, not only get themselves better, but try and defend their home turf, you know, yeah. and, and, okay. and kind of get your measure yourself up against again, the best. And that's what, that's what we expected. Uh, you know, glad to see because the numbers were below a hundred when we, when we got the pre-entry list. So we got above that hundred mark and we got, we matched last year's total, which is a good mark. It's, it's better than what was expected going, going into the weekend. Yeah. Overall, I, I just simply don't get it for me. And I've said this many, many times when I was racing, anytime a big race came to my track, I was part of it. And you think about the fact that, you know, rock Sonoma is the one track really on the West coast. It's a rock track, right? Sonoma raceway is a rock racetrack. And then you, know, you go to Tucson, you go to Phoenix, we get better numbers at tracks that aren't, actually official rock tracks and then you go to it and these guys don't come out and race i just i don't understand the mindset at all of not wanting to challenge yourself against the best but well and then also we had scheduling conflicts too you know there was another race going on uh, on the other side of the country that people are either at or preparing for this weekend and and so that 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 was a little bit of impact same with last year it was the same weekend that you were in nola motorsports park i was sure. in sonoma so you know that doesn't exactly help the overall numbers and especially those who like to travel to to races that uh, that might not call Northern California home. So that hurt overall in the numbers as well into not getting getting all the rock Sonoma racers that we want racing. In the end, they ended up with uh, 15 drivers in the cadet category, two in the micro rock and 13 in mini rock. Uh, again, junior rock and senior rock really non-existent. To no no entries in the junior rock class. Uh, Carson Bowers, the only driver to run in the senior rock category. Masters rock lost one, went down to seven. Uh, but the 100cc stuff was still pretty strong, David. Uh, the same 25 drivers essentially in junior 100cc. Senior was down to 22 from 26. And Masters actually up a couple, 1,300cc drivers uh, in the Masters class. Yeah, that, that goes a long way from the couple of years ago that you raced there. It was only three or four. So yeah. that, that, that category continues to grow. And I think we're going to see more growth into it next year as well. Uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit about that later too, but um, yeah, the hundred CC program seems to be the hot ticket on the West coast. No doubt. And the shifters actually, even though we, we, we went up in masters and dropped in, in, in the senior class, still 30 in total uh, for shifters, 12 drivers in the rock shifter masters class, 18 in total in, in rock shifter. And they put on both classes, classes put on, Really good shows throughout the weekend, I thought. Yeah, shifter cart racing is always a highlight. You know, you always want to be up against the fence watching, you know, what's going to happen. Not only just the starts because, you know, everybody loves the standing starts. You never know what's going to happen. A guy, you know, either stalls or or can grab a whole shot from third to yeah. first. You know, that that's a, that was a couple, cool couple times that we had that um, this weekend. But, yeah, the shifter category is still continues to be the the uh, the the higher echelon for for the Rock Cup USA program. You know, we see it on the East Coast as well. Lots of shifters there. So, again, you know, that's kind of been you know we're seeing a lot more single speed drivers moving over to the six speed. 
Agreed. Uh, in in rock, the rock program here in the U.S., the shifter category, most definitely the headline class, uh, not quite the same in some of the other categories. All right. Uh, first break in the action, folks. When we get back, we'll dive into the paddock pass, chat a little bit about some of the stuff that happened at the racetrack, about the racetrack itself as well. In karting, it's important to be supported by the right people. With over 40 years of experience in the sport, Trinity Karting Group has everything you need to make your program successful. We do it all, and we do it right. Trackside support and arrive and drive programs at many of karting's biggest East Coast events, full product sales and service, and professional coaching from our experienced staff. Trinity Karting Group is a full service operation based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, which gives us access to our custom designed driver training facility. This allows us to offer private one-on-one -on -one coaching to take you to the next level. From arrive and drive and coaching programs to the parts you need, let Trinity Karting Group provide you with customer service and a racing experience second to none. Trinity Karting Group is an official Kart Republic race team, providing full trackside support at all the major USA karting events, including the Scusa Pro Tour, the United States Pro Kart Series, Scusa Super Nationals 25, and other events throughout the 2022 season. TKG has in stock Kart Republic, IAMI, MG Novinko tires, and more products for those in Ohio and the Midwest region. Trinity Karting Group has a long history of the sport, a winning pedigree, and we're dedicated to driver development. We take pride in our professional approach and our positive attitude. Let us build a custom race program for you. Give us a call at 513-421-4463 or check us out online at trinitycardinggroup.com. In racing, experience is priceless. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience and we can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. Check out our online store at www.franklincart.com where all our products are just a mouse click away. We're constantly adding to the growing product selection on the online store and we ship daily to ensure products get to you quickly. We specialize in IAMI engines, tilt seats, ceramic products, driveline branded products, Briggs & Stratton engines, OTK products, and of course, the championship winning Merlin chassis. In our online store, you'll find a variety of items to fill your karting needs. Franklin Motorsports is also known for our wide variety of services and is home to innovative engine works by FMS our in-house engine service department. Frame straightening, cart prep, and dyno testing are all services offered regularly at Franklin Motorsports. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com. Welcome back to episode 94 of the EK and Debrief as we take a deep dive into the challenge of the Americas finale from Sonoma Raceway. My name is Rob Howden, joined by David Cole into the Paddock Pass now, which is today presented by Comet Cart Sales. History, success, family. These are three words that describe Comet Cart Sales, one of the longest tenured karting businesses in the United States. The family-owned operation is located just outside Indianapolis and has provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers in the near six decades of business. Their online store features everything you need, and they are continually adding new parts to their product line. Make sure you head over to CometCartSales.com or call them at 
888-888-3413 to be part of the Comet Card Sales family today. All right, David, one of the big things I think coming in is, as we jump into this Paddock Pass segment to, to coming into Sonoma this past weekend was that, you know, the change of the racetrack. Uh, tic-tac-toe, which normally was kind of a high fly and throw the cart through, hammer some curbs and, and you know, rip up the bottom of your seat, whatever it may be. They, they made some major changes to tic-tac-toe to elongate the right-left combinations and uh, still seeing a ton of passing opportunities and maybe not beating the carts up quite as much. Yeah, I would say we didn't. We are not beating up the carts as much. It slows down the speed through that section, certainly, because before, yeah, it was for like a shifter. It was almost like what you dropped maybe one, maybe two gears just to kind of settle the cart and you fly over both the, the right curb and the left curb. And then you hammer, then you then you drop a couple more to get through the uh, the helicopter pad section. Yeah. So it uh, it certainly slowed down the section a lot. Uh, and again, provided two clear passing opportunities. You know, you go into the the right hander, obviously a good passing zone there. Some people were even trying on the left hander, which was unique. Uh, you know, it's not a very long run, but just enough to kind of where you you get turned, you make it through the apex, and then you're already setting up for the left. And so, some people tried it out the opportunity. Some people made through. Some people didn't. Uh, but yeah, it slowed down the, the section. I think it's certainly easier on the carts themselves. Um, but for body wise, I think it made the helicopter pad a lot more aggressive uh, okay. on the body because that it made that toe corner, which led into the other right, you know, the double rights uh, a little bit harder on the body, more G load uh, going going to the right or, you know, leaning your body to the left. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Other than that, I would think, yeah, more so on the body than it does the cart itself. Uh, and again, it slowed down the speed, slowed down the overall lap times uh, for everybody. Um, and then we, they also had, you know, the curbing there. They have some permanent curbing and they had some, I guess what they were calling kind of more extra rumble strips. And a lot of the drivers, especially the shifter carts, were using both. Uh, and ended up, they were pulling up the secondary curbing which was to alleviate guys from cutting the corner completely. And unfortunately those were coming up and the, the steel rods that were holding them up were, were holding them down, were coming up through the ground. So they actually had to remove those, I believe Sunday before the pre pre-finals. So That's exactly um, right, yeah. a little bit more work track work they need to do to that section. But I think overall, I think they have the idea they just got to make those uh, secondary curbs more permanent, so that way there's no uh, there's no issues with you know track pulling up or 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 you know steel rods coming up and hitting your your cart. But um, other than that, I liked it. You know, it, again, it's it slowed carts down. I'd, I'd be interested to see what it looks like going in the opposite direction. We went clockwise, uh, the normal national clockwise direction. I'd like to see in the counterclockwise direction how that races. That would be interesting. You're right. I never really even thought about that. Uh, one of the things that uh, we did this particular weekend with the rain coming in, of course, Andy Saisman, the promoter, was uh, you know watching that uh, the weather forecast. And the concept was, hey, this rain could be coming. At one point, it was going to be like 3 o'clock in the afternoon on, on Saturday. Uh, I mean, on Sunday, rather. And really not much you can do there. But it kind of pushed off a bit till 4, then 5 o'clock. And so, David, they made a decision to kind of do a, a bit of a hurry-up schedule on Sunday. Uh, we essentially didn't do a lunch break. And we cut four laps off the pre-main. So not a huge difference. Instead of 14 laps, it was 10 laps. Um, 
all told, I think we were done at 20 after three, able to get things kind of wrapped up, the podium presentations. The weather eventually did come in, but I think everybody was torn down essentially probably almost out of the racetrack, David, by the time the rain came. So that's exactly what they were trying to do, beat the rain to make sure nobody had to pack up in the, in the, in the wet and the cold and the, and the, and the wind. Uh, and it was funny. It was funny. Of course, that, doing this is tough. Um, corner workers are out there for the, almost the entire time. We have like a, maybe five or 10 minute break between the, the, the sessions between qualifying and pre, pre-mains, pre-mains and the mains. Um, no lunch break. Um, you know, obviously we're all, we're all on the throttle the whole time. I never stop announcing, but a lot of people came up, I think at the end and they were like, well, you want to do this, this hurry up every Sunday? <laughs> because I think people like the idea of getting out there a little earlier on Sunday night. Yeah, well, we almost had a, a longer lunch than normal, so it made for you know because we had the junior, the junior and senior category, you know, blended in with masters, it freed up the schedule a little bit more, True. so there was more break. Um, other than that, yeah, just it was really just dropping the lunch period is is all we really did, and then as you said, four laps per per session in the pre final. Yeah, so, half an hour. Yeah, half an um, hour. yeah, so I would probably say over an hour. Yeah, that we saved. Um, I don't know. I, you know, again, I like, <laughs> I think, I think it works if you have one final, you know, <laughs> if yeah, we yeah. do the one final per weekend, I think, you know, again, you'd have your warm up and then, uh, and then a final on Sunday, but, uh, you know, obviously that's not what the challenge format is. So mm-hmm. I, I guess, I guess in terms of weather conditions, if you have to do it, you can do it. I don't, I'd much not rather see that happen all the time. Maybe you make your lunch break a little bit shorter. Um, other than that, you know, I mean, it's still, you know, maybe like you said, maybe make the pre-finals a little bit shorter. That's the know, other thing, but, I would but work, track time is something fact. that, but track time is something that, you know, the challenge has always talked about, you know, we yeah. have longer races, you know, that's, that's the, uh, one of the elements of the challenge. No doubt. Uh, one of the things that we did as well on, on Friday evening, David, you and I setting up shop in the, the Ron White racing camp for another edition of our EKN tent talk show. That was a lot of fun, you know, sitting down with Ron and, and kind of br- briefly kind of going over his career, having, you know, come up through the, the, the ranks uh, as a young guy, him and his brother, Joe racing laydowns, sprint carts. They were, you know, factory drivers for invader for a while. Then Ron ended up, you know, being you know a top guy in the shifter cart ranks, running for Tom Cutcher's Extreme Motorsports team, Extreme Karting. Won the Super Nats in 2002. You know, took a shot at car racing and won a, won a bunch of Star Mazda Championship races. And and just to watch the way his career developed, right, going over to Europe and racing in Europe as well. It just it was it was really cool to sit down with Ron and of course a couple of his drivers as well, Kevin Woods and Ryan Martin. Just uh, good to sit down and talk CRG as well because Ron's kind of been that that strong. Uh, stronghold for CRG on the West Coast, right? He didn't not, has not changed the brand. He's hung with the 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 colors, and and it's really paying off for him. Yeah, that that's the one thing we brought up is you know he's I think he's the only American to win a shifter cart race in Europe, from what I remember and what I recall. And he was the first, at least, um, that we can think. I think Darren Elliott maybe did one as well too, um, or at least he was there racing. I'm not. Yeah, quite I don't sure, think Elliott won one. I, think, I don't. I, think I don't think Elliott ever did win. I know he raced over there. Um, I, yeah, I, I want to say he's still the only, at least CIK uh, races. Yep, for it's sure. He's the again. only American to win a shifter cart race in CIK FIA competition. So, um, yeah, that's something that a lot of people don't realize or or even know about. So, like, that's yep. something that uh, you know when you see him at his, his 44 year old 
age racing, you know, the Hunter Pickett's and the and the young drivers, the Remo Skiddies and yeah. all these the young Jacob, drivers, Jacob the Bulik Jacob Bulik, and, yeah. all these yeah. guys in the, in the oh, pro wait, shifter yeah. category. You know, that's it's he's got the experience. He's he's like a he's like a Phil Giebler. He's a Gary Carlton before a little bit, you know, very similar in, in the way, you know, their their talent level is and the way they're and able their to mindset. coach and, and the their mindset. mindset. Yeah. All right. I'm staying in senior. I'm never going to run masters kind of thing. Right. Well, we finally got Giebler. To, we finally got Giebler to, co- to convert to finally. masters. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I think it was because he wasn't in the seat as much as, you know, you see Ron White in the seat. Agreed. I think Gary now, if he were to go back into the seat, maybe he'd think about Masters just because he hasn't been racing as much. I'm, I'm sure he's testing and you know getting in the seat with uh, you know lead follows with the you know young driver development that he does. But uh, yeah, Ron White is certainly among the uh, probably among one of the top 50 carters of all time. Again, let's wrap up this segment of the uh, the uh, Paddock Pass brought to you by Comet Cart Sales. Dave, one of the things that I was involved in a couple of conversations on the weekend about the California Rock Championship. You know, I, you know, Andy, you know, the, the challenge is the Winter Series. The California Rock Championship is that kind of traveling uh, summer series for rock racers. You know, a lot of the team owners said, hey, listen, we love coming to the challenge, but we need to we need more rock races in, in the summer. Uh, other than just the Rock Sonoma. So the California Rock Championship came on board a couple of years ago. Uh, they'll do, uh, what, Cal Speed, Pat's Acres up in Oregon, and um, and back to Sonoma in the end of August for that three-race championship. Bit of a change, David, for this year. It'll the same weekend setup as the regular challenge, right, with the, with the two main events. Yeah, that's what they've changed. They they I believe they started that way. And people were not on board or didn't like that. And so they did kind of a, a Friday practice, Saturday race. And then they changed up the format a little bit more. I think they went Saturday, Sunday with still just the one round format. And so now they, they you know, they asked the competitors what they wanted and they were looking for the two round weekend. Again, that's that's what the competitors want. That's what you have to kind of go with. And, and so, yeah, they'll open things up May 20 through the 22nd in Cal Speed. And then we'll join the uh, the entire program at Pat's Acres on June 24th through the 26th. We'll have uh, full ECAN live coverage, audio, and all the uh, regular stuff we do for trackside coverage that weekend. So be cool to, to uh, provide that for all the Cal- California Rock Championship competitors. And then back to Sonoma at the end of August 26th through the 28th. So uh, it's, uh, yeah, six-round program. And again, they'll have tickets to the Rock Vegas program again for champions and and probably a lot more prizes and other things they'll do but again it sets a you know provides a opportunity for rock racers to go and travel to uh to different racetracks and be part of something other than their local uh club program indeed indeed there's your paddock pass folks when we get back after this break it's time to start breaking things down in terms of the racing that we saw tracks i will go rock shifter and rock shifter masters after this break All over the karting world, everyone knows OTK is the gold standard for quality and performance. In the U.S., OTK USA is the source for all things OTK. From the legendary Toady Kart brand to the race-winning Cosmic and Xpree chassis, and now the new Red Speed and EOS brands, OTK quality is second to none. All five brands are winning races and championships across the country in national programs like the Rock Cup USA Florida Winter Tour and the Challenge of the Americas, the Scusa Pro Tour and Winter Series, and the Pro Kart Challenge, the United States Pro Kart Series, and the WKA Manufacturers Cup. 
and OTK products are also front and center on the podium of club and regional races from coast to coast. To learn more about a specific product line, you can find the OTK USA dealer near you, whether it's Tony Kart, Cosmic, Xfree, Red Speed, or EOS, visit www.otkusa.com. Specific chassis territories are still available, so kart shops interested in adding a winning component to their product lineups can contact OTK USA directly. Acceleration Kart Racing is your first and only stop on the internet for carts, parts, and the safety gear you need to get you on the track. Visit shopakr.com for a great selection of karting equipment on a user-friendly website. Acceleration Kart Racing has aligned itself with many of the top manufacturers and distributors of the sport to ensure all the latest equipment is available to you, the racer. With over 20 years in business and customer support available six days a week, you can be confident about getting the right parts at the right price when you need them. Be sure to visit shopakr.com today or stop by their headquarters in Las Vegas. Make sure to follow Acceleration Kart Racing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest specials and new arrivals. Welcome back to our online EKN studio here for episode number 94 of our EKN debrief. Rob Howden alongside David Cole to, to uh, uh, do our race review podcast of the most recent Challenge of the Americas event, the doubleheader at Sonoma Raceway, the finale uh, to cap off the 2022 program. This edition of the Race Report brought to you by CRG Nordam. CRG is one of the most iconic brands in karting, and we're primed and ready with new material and a never-ending focus on winning. CRG Nordam is the North American distributor for all CRG products. Based outside of Houston, Texas, CRG Nordam supports CRG dealers across the continent, reaching every corner of North America. Check out the new CRG KT5 for tag and shift racing, the Black Mirror for cadet competition, and the FS4 for Briggs. Longtime CRG drivers will be happy to know that the CRG Road Rebel, the standard in quality and performance, is still available. For more information on the CRG product line, head to www.cartcrg.com. And to inquire about a North American dealer near you, please email us at info at cartcrg-nordam.com. All right, David, let's jump into Rock Shifter. I'll throw out the headline and we'll fill in the gaps from there. Here's the headline for Rock Senior Shifter. Pickett doubles to claim second challenge title. The only blemish on his performance on the weekend was the opening qualifying yeah, right? session on Saturday. That was the, uh, that was his, his only non P one session of the weekend. Jacob Gulick, his GFC, uh, teammate and championship rival was able to, uh, set fast time in that session and edge him out for the fast time. But, uh, Pickett picked up the pace in the pre-final went uh, and won that race. And then again, just drove a wire to wire performance, uh, in the main event as they battled behind him for a second. Uh, here's the one thing, David. No, note to every, every racer in the Rock Challenge for next year. Make sure the Hunter Pickett doesn't have the point lead coming out of the, out of uh, whatever the second race is. <laughs> you, you cannot give him the point lead going to Sonoma Raceway. He is so good there. 3.4 seconds was the win, as you said, as he was able to pull away. Uh, more of a bite, uh, fight for second between Ron White and Jacob Gulick. And we, we mentioned Ron White in the uh, the paddock pass. He really, and this is a, a track he's got lots of laps on. David was really good there in the CRG. Put a lot of pressure on, up front. And he and Gulick had a pretty good battle. 
Yeah, really good battle between those two. Again, Gulick only in his second year in shifter cart racing, where Ron White's entering his you know third decade in <laughs> shifter right. cart racing. So uh, a good a good battle between those two, and it looked like White was going to be able to get him, but uh, or uh, yeah, uh, Gulick was going to be able to get him, but uh, White was able to uh, to keep his uh, keep keep him keep the young guy behind him. They were throwing haymakers down into turn number one, like the big slide job. You come into the braking zone, kind of up the hill of one, then back down the hill over to two, and and White was getting down the inside. It was some pretty good racing. White White does come away with second. Gulick capping off the podium in third. Ryan Martin, uh, Ron, Ron White's protege at Ron White Racing on the CRG, actually got the fast lap of the race and ends up finishing in the fourth spot. And Keon Tandon, David, another one of our GFC drivers, really strong, I think, over the entire weekend. Tandon was, was top 10, I think, in almost every session, if not all of them ends up running p5 at the end of that one yeah i was among in the those racing for that fourth position with uh with ryan martin and a few others and was able to uh pull off the uh the fifth spot in the final few laps on sunday as david said Pickett uh, essentially perfect qualified on pole won the pre-final but didn't lead the opening couple of laps uh ronnie white from the outside of the front row david got the whole shot and was able to take the, the spot i think got the whole shot in both races actually uh but was able to lead for, at the start but uh, i don't think anybody was holding back picket all, all told yeah it was a whole shot from third to first i believe in the, the pre-final inside. and uh yeah was able to, to you know picket left enough room there on the inside that that ronnie took advantage and, and grabbed the lead for just a brief moment and then uh, Pickett was able to grab it back and go on to score the win in the pre-final. And then, yeah, uh, another hole shot by Ronnie from the outside of the front row. And then, uh, but Pickett was able to get by him just a few laps into the main event and then just draw, drove away to a three-second margin of victory. Yeah, very similar to the, the day before, right? 3.4 on Saturday, three seconds flat on on, on Sunday. White ends up second, Gulick third, so identical uh uh, podiums may have saw Ryan Martin get another fourth place finish as well. But Ryan was in the middle of a great battle with Micah Hendricks for P4. And David, some of the, one of the weirdest things we've seen in a while happen on the racetrack coming out of turn number six through the S's, which lead to the left hand uh, hairpin on the inside of the racetrack, turn number nine, a plastic bag rolling across the racetrack ends up getting caught up in Ryan Martin's. Uh, was it the, I think it was his right front, right? Got it caught right up front, in the wheel correct, yeah. and the and got kind of sucked into the brake. And he goes into turn number nine and literally jumps on the brakes. Right front doesn't stop. Left front does. And he just goes shooting across the left side of the racetrack all the way through. And good, good heads up for Micah Hendricks seeing it happen. Not to get collected going around that corner. Yeah, it was a weird scenario. I was actually standing at the crossover section where he ran the bag over it. I saw it blowing and I'm like, man, I hope that doesn't hit a cart. And then as soon as I say that, boom, there goes Ryan Martin just past me and collecting it, got through the S's, made the right hand and then made the, or made the left and then the, then the right. And then as soon as they get through that right, they're already beginning to start uh, applying the brakes to, uh, to hit that hairpin. And as soon as he hit the brakes, it just went left on him and he went through <laughs> yeah. the grass up over the apex and across the track to the outside. Thankfully, didn't hit anything or didn't get hit by anybody or didn't hit anybody, It'd be a corner worker or anything, anybody like that as well. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, just moved into that fourth spot a couple laps before that. So it could have been Micah that uh, that if he was sitting there in fourth at the time, could have ran that bag over. True. So. Yeah, right. Just a weird, it just happened in front of me and I just it really couldn't believe that I just saw that. 
In the end, Micah Hendricks having a really strong run all throughout the weekend on the Croc promotion, uh, able to come home P4, and Kiriakos Sukas, who did double duty on the weekend, running both the senior shifter and 100cc senior category, uh, getting the uh, the top, last position within the top five. Hunter Pickett, David, actually put an exclamation point on the, on the whole season. Fast time as well with a 48.502 to get that win by three uh, seconds. Ends up winning the championship by 51 markers over Jacob Gulick. Yeah, it's something I noticed, and we can we'll talk about in the other shifter category. But the shifters got two tenths of it, two tenths quicker on the second day. Ah, all right, interesting. Uh, let's go to uh, Rock Shifter Masters as well. Speaking of Ron White Racing, and speaking of Kevin Woods, here is the headline: Woods secures third straight title with double win weekend. Well, very similar to Pickett, the only blemish on Kevin Woods performance in Sonoma was the opening qualifying session on Saturday. So uh, very uh, similar performances by the two uh, double winners and then the two uh, champions as well. Uh, Nick George was able to lay down the fast time in that qualifying session for round number five, but Woods was able to go and take the victory in the pre-final and then go on for a wire to wire victory in the main event for all leading all 20 laps to a 9.9 second margin victory for his, what I believe was his second win on the season. Yeah. He was like a second in a row, right? Cause I think he won the second race at Phoenix. Uh, wasn't, didn't have the greatest Tucson. So again, second win in a Correct. row ends yeah. up, ends up being three in a row for woods when he won on Sunday, but the battle for second was pretty good. Alan Morte really stepped things up in the CRG battling it out with Nick George. I had mentioned Morte and, and thinking that he would be in, in the hunt. I didn't know that he was going to be as good as he was, David, when we talked about it in the Outlap podcast, because he was really strong throughout the entire weekend, getting second on both days. Yeah, he's certainly putting the work in to, uh, to develop himself as a driver, and and the Ron White racing crew able to score a 1-2 finish with Woods and Morte. Yeah, Nick George coming home in the third spot. Jimmy McNeil, who was an at-track entry. Uh, McNeil had swept the weekend in Tucson. Didn't come to Phoenix. Uh, got a fourth-place finish. Kind of dialed things up in the final. And then Cliff Quiella, who was a driver coming in with a shot potentially at the championship, just didn't quite have just that pace he needed to run for the podium. He was P5, uh, David, on Saturday. Yeah, it came in leading the championship. So yeah. not exactly the the finish that he wanted uh, to uh, to open up Saturday's action. And uh, certainly put him behind the eight ball uh, going into Sunday. Woods uh, had another perfect day. Well, had the perfect day. Didn't quite have the perfect day on Saturday, but uh, qualified on pole. Won the pre-final. Uh, but the, actually, the whole shot at the start of that race went to the track magic. The yellow and black of uh, Jonathan Vitolo got a, just a smoking start from the outside of the front row and held the outside run around the corner and actually led for like the first almost handful of laps, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, led the opening three circuits until okay. Woods was able to find a way by, I believe, going into turn one. Yeah. And uh, that was the winning move as Woods was able to go on to lead the remainder of the race and uh, win the 20-lap uh, uh, main event by 1.8 seconds. There it is. And uh, Vitolo was was still strong in, in second, but Alamorte, again, just as he did on did yesterday, or on Saturday, rather, kind of worked his way forward and was able to uh, find a way by Vitolo. I believe the pass happening up in turn one again, but Vitolo holding on for a strong third-place finish overall. He was good, really, on the weekend. I know he had a mechanical or something happened early in, uh, in the race on Saturday, I believe, and was, I think, one of the first guys out of the race, despite running top five. But good for Vitolo and the track magic, able to get there on the podium P3, Dave. 
yeah, his first podium of the program. So uh, a good way to end the series, uh, landing on the podium with uh, Jimmy McNeil running in the fourth position once again with Patrick O'Neill earning the fifth spot. So three CRGs in the top five. Yeah, Woods with the fast lap of the race. And you mentioned, David, a 49.436 to a 49.6 the day before. Two-tenths quicker on the day on Sunday. Yeah, everybody got into the 49s. Woods was the only driver in the main event on Saturday to get in the 49s, but everybody uh, followed suit. As as I mentioned, the track just seemed to get a little bit quicker on Sunday, especially in the shifter categories. David, we talked to Ryan Martin about that, I think, in the tent talk. I think it was Ryan who was talking about the fact that the, the, these Levantos actually put some rubber down. And this track, you know, Sonoma's never been a place where it's really rubbered up aggressively, right? It, it, even when the Scusa Pro Tour had 200 and something guys there, it really never rubbered up that much. But they, they were saying the Levanto does put rubber down and the track will get quicker uh, throughout the weekend. And then, of course, you go to a little bit cooler temperatures, the engines like those as well on Sunday. And, and you're right, everybody able to, to drop down into the 49s. Yeah, just think if there was no win, maybe that would have been even quicker. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Kevin Woods wins uh, another championship, uh, third straight Challenge of the Americas title in this Master Shifter Rock category. Uh, ends up 61 points ahead of Cliff Cuella, and on the uh, obviously on the strength of two wins in the opening rounds at Tucson, uh, Jimmy McNeil coming home third spot overall. Uh, all right, let's go to another break. When we get back, uh, we'll continue with this race report presented by CRG Nordam. A senior 100cc, junior 100cc, next on the docket. Don't go anywhere. CRG is one of the most iconic brands in karting, and we're primed and ready for the 2022 season with new material and a never-ending focus on winning. CRG Nordam is the North American distributor for all CRG products. Based outside of Houston, Texas, CRG Nordam supports CRG dealers across the continent, reaching every corner of North America. The CRG KT5 is our new chassis for tag and shifter racing, and it's been designed specifically for the U.S. market. The KT5 features 30mm construction with a 32mm front loop to increase front grip. CRG's new Ven 13 brake system is cutting-edge technology with a master cylinder that allows for pressure regulation within the system. Drivers can customize brake pressure to their own requirements to improve feel and to avoid brake lockup. The cart is finished with new KG 507-508 bodywork that has refined aerodynamics and reduced weight. For cadet drivers, the 2022 CRG Black Mirror is already logging positive results to start the new season. This chassis will be making big waves in 2022. Longtime CRG drivers will be happy to know that the CRG Road Rebel, the standard in quality and performance, is still available. With Force Cycle Racing enjoying consistent growth in North America, CRG's FS4 chassis is the ideal choice for racers in brakes and Stratton competition. From pure racing to karting entertainment, many tracks, both indoor and outdoor, have made the switch to the CRG Centurion rental cart line. Five different models for both gas-powered or electric engines can fit any track's needs for a new rental cart fleet. CRG Nordam has a full inventory of rental carts available for new and existing facilities. For more information on the CRG product line, head to www.cartcrg.com and to inquire about a North American dealer near you, please email us at info at cartcrg-nordam.com.
you can buy all the latest and greatest products on the market. But when you're carting to win, it boils down to one thing, you, the driver. Gain the knowledge and abilities by investing in yourself at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy, and you'll find those extra tenths of a second you need to put yourself on the podium. The school was established by Supercarts USA Hall of Fame driver Alan Rudolph with decades of victories and championships in multiple forms of the sport, including other disciplines of racing. The Alan Rudolph Racing Academy, located at the Speed Sports Racing Park in the metropolitan Houston area, is designed to teach driving skills at all levels. The instructors of the academy have decades of racing experience and educating drivers of all ages. Classes at the academy will teach the concepts and skills needed both behind the wheel and off the track. From the beginning kart racing experience and intro to karting courses, to their advanced one-day and two-day courses and karting clinics, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can improve the skills of any driver. For more information on the specific programs that the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy can provide for you, head to speedsports.com and click on the Racing Academy page. Be sure to follow the Academy on social media by searching for Alan Rudolph Racing Academy. Welcome back to the EKN Debrief, episode 94, as we unpack everything that happened at the final rounds of the Challenge of the Americas for 2022 up at Sonoma Raceway. Uh, David, let's jump into the senior 100cc category. And here's the headline. Sukas and Hodgson split wins. Yeah, it was a, really a three-driver fight. So you add Agreed. in Sukis, you add in Cody or uh, Cody uh, Oliver <laughs> Hodgson, and you add in last year's champion Liam Lech. Those three drivers were certainly the benchmark uh, for this category uh, all weekend long. Sukis ended up uh, setting fast time and qualifying, while Hodgson was able to win the pre-final. All three drivers, though, were in the mix in the main event, and it went down to a last lap battle where we saw three wide action going in to the final corner. Uh, Sukis actually had the best uh, line going in. He had held the inside line, was able to get through that final corner better than anybody and was able to win the drag race to the line. I love the fact that it was kind of Sukas and Lech that were on top of each other coming through turn number 11, which is the, the right hand or the tight right hand that leads out onto the back straightaway. And Hodgson rolled around the outside, was essentially, as you said, three wide through the kink turn number 12, uh, and then over to 13. And you're right, Sukas had the better line and was able to get the run down to get a, a four tenths of a second win over Lech. Hodgson in third, he was not happy at all. And of course, Hodgson, David, you know, when you guys were in Phoenix, he swept the action in Phoenix and was trying to go three for three and really had kind of had, kind of had an outside chance, maybe at winning the championship and something happened to, to Sukas. But uh, all in all, I don't think he was super, super happy coming home P3. <laughs> no, he, he was the guy that went three wide because uh, it was Lech and Sukas that uh, went over under through the inner hairpin. Yeah. And as they slowed down, he was he had optimal speed to kind of go around the outside of all of both of them as they went through the kink. Unfortunately, I don't think the outside lane is the the best option when you're going into the last corner there at Sonoma. So uh, he just kind of got held out to dry where, you know, Latch was in the middle there. Not sure exactly which way to go. And, they, you know, of course, they all went in as deep as possibly they could. So uh, just uh, unfortunate uh, ending for him where uh, he looked like he had a chance to score the third victory. 
Yeah, and Hotch really just had he been able to clear them coming like it looked like he was going to be able to clear them coming through twelve. Right. He had a better run. He just couldn't come back down. And you're right there when he got hung out to dry on the outside. Uh, Chris Martin on the red speed ended up in P4, and Jake Doyle on the cosmic was really good throughout the weekend. Top ten, I think, all weekend long, and kind of in that like five to ten kind of spot. In it. And uh, he ended up uh, P5, so a good top five run for Jake Doyle. Yeah, this is where we saw a lot of uh, regulars, uh, NorCal regulars, kind of be uh, in the mix in the top five and in the top ten all weekend long. Uh, those being Martin and Joyle, not to mention Sukis, who calls uh, Sonoma his home track as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Liam Letch with the fast lap of the race on route to that second place finish. On Sunday, though, David Hodgson, I think, maybe learned a little bit that he needed about the track, whatever it may be. Uh, he was perfect. Ended up uh, qualifying on pole, won the pre-final, won the main event by three seconds, uh, was able to kind of stretch away on everybody and, and got fast time of the race as well, 53.090. Yeah, a little bit of battle between Sukis and Letch for the second spot, probably about the midway or maybe prior to the midway point. And Hodgson was able to kind of take advantage, getting that gap enough to uh, to kind of go in and lay down fast laps of the race and and keep that advantage and and pulled out to a three point three second advantage. Um, Gino Sandoval coming home in the four spot, uh, and good good run for Gino. And again, guy I talked about in the top ten for majority of the weekend. Good job for him to work to P four. But I think one of the cool stories, David, of the entire Sunday main event for for hundred CC senior was Ian Kunches, the driver who who locks in the master's championship on Sunday with five wins uh, on the comp card for J3 competition. He elects to go senior racing um, on Sunday and was right there. Like, you know, fifth, fifth and 10th, fifth to 10th the entire time and ends up getting himself to P5 was a really strong run. He was kind of holding a bunch of guys back there. He's, you know, it's kind of the plugging guys up a bit, but able to come through with a, with a fifth place finish really well done. Yeah. Four direction motorsports entry, uh comp card. Yeah, well, was able well, to clinch that. Thank you. Yeah, able to clinch that that fifth victory for the championship in Masters, and again took thirty pounds off. So that tells you uh, he's 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 a little guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's not a big guy like us. Um, but uh, yeah, so thirty pounds is a big big amount of weight to take off, uh, and and you're able to find the speed. So it was you know he's not quite was not quite uh, as quick as the leaders, but as you said, was able to to race his way to a fifth spot. I, w- I was impressed. You know, when, when you come down for the Masters and jump into the senior category, I thought that was really strong. And again, uh, Forward Direction Motorsports, we'll talk about them when we get to the uh, 100cc Masters class because they had a really strong weekend, all told. Uh, in the championship chase, uh, Hodgson, despite not going to Tucson with three wins, uh, four podiums in total, ends up just 57 points behind Kiriako Sukas. But Sukas, David, with the championship, is that his, is that his first challenge championship or did he get one last year? No, first challenge champion. First one, right? Yeah. Yeah. With uh with Letch coming in as the defending champion, he ends That's up right. in the third position. Uh, you know, I think if he would have got better results uh in that Tucson weekend, maybe similar to like Jake Drew, where he was, you know, maybe runner up to Jake both both rounds, uh, we could have had a different champion. He could have been a two time champion. But uh Agreed. you know, again, again, it's uh you never <sighs> quite know until uh things happen and at least he was there fighting for a possibility at the championship. Just things didn't go his way uh, as he hoped for in Sonoma. Uh, let's go to a junior 100cc, and here's the headline. Icert and Cameron defend home turf. Yeah, again, we do see a number of NorCal drivers racing uh, with the Challenge Americas in Sonoma and throughout this season, uh, including Christian Cameron and Steven Icert. Icert came into the weekend 
in the sixth position in the points. So he needed to uh, to come through and score some victories, and that's exactly what he did on Saturday to put himself right into the championship punt. It was a uh, a, a sweep for him, uh, but on track, it was actually Christian Cameron that was able to to score the provisional victory. Unfortunately, a two position penalty for contact early in the race. Uh, that took the win away from Cameron and gave it to Isert, so he was able to score the uh, the sweep and the, his first victory uh, on the year, becoming the fifth different winner yeah. in five rounds. Yeah, five different winners in the first five rounds. Preston Lambert on the track, Magic, a winner from Tucson, ends up second. Cameron, with that penalty, dropping down to the third spot. Uh, Archer Eversman was fourth, and Jacinta Taylor rounding up the top five. Cameron with the fast lap of the race as well. Can those bonus points always crucial? Uh, David, essentially, when, when you look at actually you know the actual points themselves, so let's have a look at Sunday uh, as Isert qualifying on pole, I believe, winning the prefinal as well. Yeah, Isert, you know, there was still a mathematical chance depending on, you know, how things shaked out in the in the main event. I think Cameron needed to finish a fourth or better in order to secure the championship. So uh, Isert with the fast time in qualifying and then winning the prefinal certainly put himself in position to battle for the championship. Unfortunately, Cameron was pretty quick uh, in the main event, uh, had a little bit of a gap to Isert, closed up that gap really quickly early on took over the lead and the two kind of ran notes to tail the remainder of the main event. And then it was a last lap battle between the two going back and forth, back and forth with each corner and uh, a battle to the checkered flag. Yeah. Solid run all told. Um, Cameron ends up, well, Cameron got the win, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, did I? Yeah. Yeah. Cameron. Yeah. I wrote Isert's I'm, name I'm twice. Thinking, I'm thinking about uh, it Yeah. So Cameron Cameron was able to to edge out Isert uh, for the victory by just a why tenth. Can't they remember, where was the pass? Why can't I remember where the pass was? Well, they went back and forth. I know. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. It was back and forth and a little bit of defend here, defend there. Um, I, I, let me go to the lap I want, chart. I want, yeah, say, it was, I want to say Isert made the pass back in turn number nine again. Then it was an over under again, over potentially. Uh, it was correct. again this. The great thing about the racetrack is the fact that there's so many places to pass. One, uh, we saw guys going into the tic-tac-toe, coming in, of course, not as many passes as normal, coming down into turn number six, the left-hander before the S's. We usually get a lot of overtakes there. and I didn't see many over on the weekend, but a lot into turn number nine and a number into turn number 11 as well. In the twenty lap race, they had um, seven lead changes alone at the start-finish line. So, oh wow! (laughs) So yeah, the lat and the last lap was again, you know, one would pat, one would one would defend, and so you'd have an over under, and then they go into the next corner, you know, side by side, and then so you'd have another over under, and it was just over and under, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, driver on the move in that race as well, uh, getting a strong podium finish. Alex Rontala on the GFC. He had some ups and downs. There was, I think, a technical issue in, in one of the races. He went off in another, uh, but was able to get to the podium. And this one, Alex was uh, really rolling through the field, finished third on Sunday. Preston Lambert, another top five to put himself P3 overall in the championship. Max Altman was in the discussion throughout Sunday as well. He ends up uh, capping off the top five. Cameron with fast lap of the race. And in the end, David, Christian Cameron winning that championship by 48 points over Icer. Yeah. And as you mentioned, uh, Lambert in the third position to, to close out the, uh, the championship podium. But again, this category was three tenths quicker on Sunday compared to Saturday's main event. All right, folks, when we get back after this break, we'll talk Masters 100cc and we'll uh, Masters Rock as well. We'll do a quick little overview on the Senior Rock category. Stay with us. More to come on this edition of The Debrief. 
Leading Edge Motorsports is the industry answer to winning in karting. At the helm is industry veteran Greg Bell, who has orchestrated the success of many drivers dating back to the mid-1990s. Based in Lodi, California, Leading Edge Motorsports is the Western importer with IP karting that includes the Praga and Formula K chassis brands. Leading Edge Motorsports provides in-depth driver development for those racers in Northern California and across the country. Arrive and drive services, kart preparation, and driver coaching are available under the LEM tent throughout the season. Bell's record of working with drivers includes recent victories at North America's biggest karting events, including the Rock the Rio and the Scusa Super Nationals. Greg Bell's knowledge for building engines spans two decades and is now under the Mega Power branding, providing reliable engine service and tuning knowledge. No matter the chassis brand, choose Mega Power to get to the front. Click over to LeadingEdgeMotorsports.com for more and find them on social media to stay connected. At Leading Edge Motorsports, winning never gets old. History. Success. Family. Those are the three words that describe Comet Cart Sales, one of the longest tenured karting businesses in the United States. The family-owned operation is located just outside of Indianapolis, and they have provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers throughout their near six decades of business. Comet's online store features everything you need, continually adding new parts to their product line. Comet Kart Sales attends dozens of karting events every year, offering trackside service for racers and families. Karting veterans Mark Dismore Jr. and Gary Lawson provide one-on-one -on -one driver coaching and tuning assistance for each trackside customer. The engine building business, Comet Racing Engines, has won countless major events and championships over decades of karting, and they continue to offer the best trackside service in the industry. Make sure you head to CometCartSales.com or call them at 317-462-3413 to be a part of the Comet Cart Sales family today. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network, episode 94 of the EKN Debrief, as we uh, do a full review of the Challenge of the Americas finale from Sonoma Raceway this past weekend. Uh, David Cole, let's jump into Masters 100cc, and here's the headline. Kunches claims five straight for title, while Pergande notches first series victory. Yeah, so we kind of had two separate races, you know, as we do, two different rounds, but they really were kind of separate races with Kunches. Yeah. Uh, coming in with four victories, needing that, looking to get that fifth one and wrap up the championship. As when he was in Phoenix, said, "Hey, if I wrap it up, I'm going to go race senior," and that's exactly what he did. Uh, you know, kind of what we saw all year. He wasn't quickest in qualifying because, again, another driver was able to set fast time. This time, it was local driver Josh Botafuco on the GFC to set fast time in qualifying. But Kunchez was able to race his way up into the pre-final win and then from there went wire to wire pulling out to an 8.6 second margin of victory for uh his fifth straight and to lock up the championship but behind him it was a great battle uh all 20 laps yeah preston newberry and mike weatherman the two forward direction motorsports comp car drivers along with kunches under that fdm tent uh were nose to tail for the entire 20 laps uh newberry ends up coming with the uh, away with the win weatherman in second uh, but behind them, David, things got pretty interesting as well between Brett Harrelson and David Pergande. Yeah, Harrelson and Pergande were kind of working together. 
looking to run down both Newberry and Weatherman. Yeah. And then they got there. I want to say it was three laps. They cut into like a two second margin and uh, were able to get there right at the last lap. Unfortunately, Harrelson got into the tic-tac-toe a little bit too hot and uh, spun around as they made the first right-hander. As he spun, Pergande basically had nowhere to go and kind of went up and over on his side through the grass. <laughs> and as where I was sitting, I could see the bottom of the cart clear, clear as day. And then he came back down on all fours and was able to continue on after kind of shaking off the cobwebs from the, uh, he was, the wild dude, he was fully he was fully out of the seat too <laughs> fully out of the seat it was it was almost like he sat on the side pod as, yes! as the cart went on its side and then when it came back down he's like oh i gotta get back in the seat and then jumped <laughs> over and back into the seat but it was it was insane to see that 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 and then he kept going and was racing yeah. for a position as he was still kind of trying to figure out exactly where he was at the time. Exactly. Uh, but Harrelson was able to continue on. He actually, he was finished uh, behind uh, Buttafuoco in the, who was in the four spot, was able to get in the four spot with all that uh, schmazzle and that uh, Tim Coyne would say. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. Buttafuoco lost two spots for jumping the start. So that moved Harrelson up into the four spot and then Scott for, for Manic into yep. to, uh, the fifth spot. Yeah, Pergandi. Uh, funny things, Pergandi actually had the fast lap of the race of forty-five, uh, fifty-four point nine zero one. And again, with with Kunches so far out front, winning by eight point six seconds. David had mentioned uh, Harrelson and Pergandi. The the speed that they were closing up on Newberry and Weatherman. We eventually had the four drivers essentially nose to tail, and and Harrelson got there, but just wasn't able to pull the trigger. And then, of course, the spin kind of changes everything. Um, so, David, as you said, like the tail of two racers, right? Kunches moves up. Uh, or moves over to the senior category, kind of opens things up for a new storyline on Sunday in Masters 100cc. And Preston Newberry ends up qualifying on the pole position. He he and Pergande kind of started a, a day's worth of battling. It was fun. Yeah, I thought we were going to see more of a of a battle uh, race, for yeah. the main event. Uh, unfortunately, Pergande had other things in mind, as you said. Unfortunately. Was quick... <laughs> well, for him, it was fortunately. But for the rest exactly. of us, we were looking for a good fight. I mean, literally, <laughs> this was the category to watch all season yeah. long. Even with Kunchez winning all five of those main events, the, all five of those main events were exciting and fun to watch. Agreed. Yeah. This one was a little bit boring, kind of like what uh, what Saturday was with Kunches away. Uh, Pergande did kind of did the same thing. Newberry got the jump on him at the start. Uh, what we thought was a jump start, they said no. He was he timed it perfectly and uh, was able to get out front. Uh, but Pergande took over the lead on lap three, and then just from there was able again putting fast laps down. Uh, 54.928 was his fast time, so very similar to what he had on Saturday and was able to extend out to a five-second margin of victory for his first-ever series victory. Yeah, Newberry ends up finishing second, Weatherman in third, just where they were as, again on uh, on Saturday. Uh, Harrelson again fourth. Michael McDonald, though, in the comp cart, coming home P5 this time. All told, as we said, Kuncha's winning the championship. Pergandi made it a bit closer with the victory at the end. He ended up getting 79 points. But really, I think the big move there was Newberry was, you know, wanted to do what he could, David, to get second in the points. He knew he wasn't going to claim uh, beat Kunches, but Newberry, even with a couple of, you know, a podium, I mean, a, a qualifying on pole and two second place finishes, wasn't just enough because Pergandi taking full advantage of his uh, his win on uh, on Sat on Sunday to be able to just just pip him by five points for second place. 
Yeah, five points separating him and then 17 back to Mike Weatherman, who he thought with four podiums was going to be on the championship podium. Unfortunately, uh, you know, you look at Preston, he got those two uh, bonus, uh, two top qualifying three. So he had 15 points alone just from qualifying. So that essentially was a separating uh, a margin between him and Newberry or him and Weatherman. So uh, good on Preston Newberry again, coming back and and racing. We've seen him wrench all these many years. So able to get on the championship podium in third. And you can be sure Mike Weatherman is going to come, want to come back and, uh, and aim himself up on the, on the podium next year. I think so. And, and kudos to uh, Greg Welch and Forward Direction Motorsport. Obviously, the uh, first, second, and third, top three dominate the podium on Saturday, and second and third on Sunday, all told a strong weekend for the FDM guys. Speaking of yawners, um, <laughs> <laughs> Masters Rock headline Wang completes series sweep for four straight, fourth straight title. Derek Wang uh, wins every session uh, of the entire season. Right, just literally smoked everybody. Essentially, they kept it close in the mains uh, as he kind of, kind of just ran their P one. But man, uh, it really was just Wang, Cleveland, and Man for majority of the season. It was. It was those three drivers that uh, kind of stood, you know, uh, you know, stood above the rest. I, we had Paul Benia that was kind of close in Tucson, yep. but wasn't able to, you know, didn't make the rest of the races. So. Yeah, really, it was those three, these three drivers. And as you said, Wang led every session, every lap, uh, all week, all season long, and including this weekend. So Saturday, again, it was, a, it was three drivers running close, but no, uh, no exchanges for position with uh, Derek winning by three tenths of a second uh, over Billy Cleveland with Christopher Mann in the third spot. Uh, Curtis Morte, the uh, the twin brother of Alan Morte, finishing in fourth spot with Samuel Porter on the TV cart in fifth. Yeah, Sam Porter injured his ribs on Saturday, did not come back on Sunday. Wang again swept everything, uh, qualifying pre-final and final. But in the main event, David, on Sunday, Billy Cleveland was right there, like a, a cart length back for the entire race, just never had enough to be able to make a move. So Wang ends up with a half a second win. And in the end, it was Chris Mann, who was going to work on Cleveland. I think man was sitting there because they were all kind of nose to tail, right? Over the last handful of laps. And I'm sure man was like, Billy, make a move here. We're going by Wang. We're going to finally do this. We're going to put this guy off the top of the box. But Billy couldn't quite get there. And finally, I think it was on the final circuit or second last lap. You know, man's like, I got to go to second now. So he he made his attempt to get by, wasn't quite able to get it done. And they end up finishing in the same order on the podium again. Yeah, kind of like the new Top Gun Maverick movie that's going to be coming out. You know, he left his wingman and made the move. <laughs> unfortunately, wow. un- unfortunately, it took those two away from from even challenging for Derek Wang for the top spot. So, uh, but man was the quickest driver. He had fast lap in both main events, uh, and also had a fast lap in the round three in the main event that that weekend as well. So, you know, big big props to Christopher Mann because again, Derek Wang and Billy Cleveland, these are the two measuring sticks in Masters racing, especially at the challenge. And so to be able to contend for victories and be right there and again posting three fast laps over the six rounds certainly is a strong performance by him. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, in the championship, uh, man finishing 98 points back Cle- in second, Cleveland in third, 117 points back. 
But again, congratulations to Derek Wang. Kind of managed things perfectly. He and stepping over to Keel had that EOS dialed in perfectly. And again, like you said, an absolute sweep of every session uh, on the year. Dave, let's cap this segment up by talking about um, uh, Carson Bowers. Uh, he ends up winning the Rock Cup Super Final ticket as the winner in the senior rock category. Yeah, made uh, won both rounds in Phoenix at his home track and made the trek up to Sonoma and uh, completed the the final two rounds. So he got four victories in for the season and, uh, you know, getting that qual those qualifying races in was able to earn a, a ticket and compete at the Rock Cup Super Final in October. And they had the senior rocks running within the Masters rocks. And of course, it was a split start. So Carson was further back, but he kind of had to work his way through and, and battle. So got some some wheel to wheel seat time as well. But indeed, like you said, part of Team USA at the Rock Cup Super Final event at South Garda in October. Uh, another break. Let's get back here soon and, and get into mini rock and micro rock. We'll do that after these quick messages. Are you ready to go from carts to cars? Since 1975, the Skip Barber Racing School has taken great drivers and made them champions. Today, we're proud to welcome the next generation of winners. Make the transition from carts to cars with the Skip Barber Formula Race Series. You'll compete at the most iconic tracks in America. Race weekends include your very own equalized Formula 4 race car, a professional crew, expert instruction, video and data analysis, hospitality, and more. This is the place to fulfill your dream of becoming a champion. Sign up today by calling 866-932-1949 or visit us at skipbarber.com. Technology, design, and manufacturing. These components make Cart Republic a world champion. The Cart Republic chassis has earned two FIA World Karting Championships. Here in the U.S., the brand has earned multiple victories and championships in senior, junior, and cadet competition. Cartsport North America is the country's importer and distributor for Dino Chiesa's Cart Republic chassis, and as a leader in American karting, they are focused on providing stability for the sport and quality products and service for the community. Whether you'd like to find out about the Cart Republic dealer closer to you or schedule an arrive-and-drive package with an official North American race team, Contact Cartsport North America through their official website, www.cartsportna.com. We are Republic. We are one. Welcome back to the EKN Debrief as we uh, do the, the full race review of the final rounds of the Challenge of the Americas, which took place this last uh, weekend in Sonoma, California. Rob Howden alongside David Cole. Our race report presented by CRG Nordam. David, here's the headline for Mini Rock. Double win weekend earns Corn Series title. It was a dominating performance by Gage Corn uh, to uh, to wrap up what was a championship weekend for him. Uh, came in with two victories on the year. He won once at Tucson and then won again at uh, at Phoenix. But this was certainly not what we expected. We saw close racing all season long in the first four rounds in the mini category corn had other things on his mind. He was like, he, he set himself apart from the rest of the field all weekend long, set fast time in qualifying, won the pre-final went wire to wire in the main event for 2.4 second margin of victory. 
Yeah, Turner Brown ends up finishing second. Uh, Ashton Moon actually was P3 on, on the track, but uh, David, the meatball, I think it was the right side. Yeah, right side of the rear bumper with three laps to go, gives way, and so Moon loses a podium finish. Uh, and that moved Ty Fisher, uh, who for, for Race Lab on the Villeneuve chassis, a really strong run for Ty. Had trouble in, in I want to say, the pre-final, went to the tail of the field, and then drove his way, I think, from 11th up to 3rd, a really, really strong drive for the Canadian. Yeah, it was a good, a good, strong drive. Some we saw him have pace to be up front all weekend long. Like you said, kind of just ran into trouble here and there. He was eighth after the pre-final and worked his way up into the third spot. So again, there yeah, driving, driving, uh, driving forward and uh, did very well with the JV cart. Uh, Mateo Quinto, one of our race winners on the year, finishing in fourth spot. Braylon Underwood in fifth. That was kind of the, Quinto and Underwood were kind of in that lead battle throughout the weekend, David. Yeah, we had all, you know, all five championship contenders were up front all weekend long. And then you add in Ty Fisher. Those were the kind of the six drivers that stood out throughout the weekend. You know, Brown and Quinto were kind of right there you know, and along with Wound, but uh, just didn't quite have enough pace to keep up with Corn on the weekend. Another sweep of the action for Gage Corn on Sunday. Qualifies on pole, wins the pre-final, wins the main event by 2.8 seconds. Uh, Turner Brown, though, David, finishing in second on the racetrack uh, ahead of, ahead of uh, Ashton Woon. But uh, pushback bumper uh, drops him down to P4. Yeah, that promoted Woon up into the second position with uh, Mateo Quinto rounding out the podium. And Brown, for Brown, it was a drive back. I believe he got shuffled back in the pre-final. So he started back in the sixth position, got himself up into third, and again, unfortunately had the pushback bumper penalty. Yeah, I think the Brown spin in the pre-final. Was he, was he the one? I think he spun over in turn 13. I think that happened. Yeah, there was battling. Yeah, there was some contact. Yeah. And he got so he got shuffled back to the tail of the field uh, in the prefrontal, worked his way up halfway through uh, uh, in the prefrontal. And also there was there was some uh, I believe that I want to say there was some contact early on in the uh, on the opening lap as well too, about mid pack and back. So he was able to gain a bunch of positions there and got up into six spot early. Yeah, uh, fast time of the, of the race as well by uh, by Turner Brown, 57.518. All told, Korn, uh, with uh, a perfect weekend in terms of topping all six sessions, ends up winning the championship for Race Factory by 160 markers over Mateo Quinto. But Ashton Moon was right there as well. David, just two points separating second and third in the championship battle. Yeah, it, again, we thought it was going to go down the wire. Unfortunately for for us, we didn't see that as Corn as had a really dominant performance on the weekend. But again, it was a really tight battle for that second position. So again, you know, depending on how the penalties unfolded, uh, well, yeah, because what is it? It's a 90 for second, 82 for third, and then I want to say 76 for fourth. 76, so again, yeah. it's uh, you never quite know how things are going to shake down and, and only two points separating second and third in the championship podium. Let's go to Micro Rock. And there's only two drivers in the Micro Rock category here this weekend. Here's the headline. Sanchez takes first victory while Hodge, Hodge earns fifth to clinch championship. And really, uh, what I'll say about this one was, was Casey Hodge has kind of been the guy to beat all year. Uh, in the, in this micro rock class, you know, the way they approached it uh, this year with the guys running such the same packages, Hodge was up there in the top 10 majority of the time, but for, for Julian Sanchez, he really turned it up this weekend. Maybe it's just the, the experience of the year so far, but man, he was, uh, he was right there uh, in the top 10 for a majority of the weekend. 
Yeah, he kept it close with with Hodge all weekend long. I believe Hodge had some issues uh, on Saturday, which kind of put him at the back of the field. Uh, and that allowed Julian to to cruise on to to victory. But it was a, a strong performance by Sanchez because he was, again, in the top 10 overall when you look at uh, the mini and the micros combined together. So a good run on Saturday for, for Sanchez. And then again on Sunday, Sanchez had the lead for majority of the race, but Hodge was able to get by him and then uh, pull away. And I believe Sanchez got a 10-second penalty for contact. So even though the the, the results say 11-second victory for Hodge, it was really only a one-second victory because Sanchez suffered a, a penalty for contact. So Hodge wins the uh, championship, Sanchez and seconds, and, and Luca Popescu, who is not at the finale at Sonoma, ends up in the third in our mini rock championship. When we get back after this break, folks, last one of the show, we'll wrap things up. We'll look at the Constructors' Championship, and we'll have a little look at the EKN Trackside Live race calendar. Fast, fair, and fun. Ignite Karting offers you all of that at an affordable price. Ignite Karting utilizes the spec Margay Ignite K3 with a Briggs & Stratton 206 engine and the Hoosier R80 tire. Everyone in the junior, senior, and master's classes compete on the same Ignite K3 chassis, which puts all the emphasis squarely on driver development. Additionally, Ignite Karting is accessible at the local, regional, and national level. Special events for 2022 include the Ignite Majors, featuring events at the Daytona International Speedway, Charlotte Motor Speedway, the Quincy Grand Prix, Newcastle Motorsports Park, and the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati. Those in the Midwest can enjoy the five-round, regionally-based Ignite Challenge at tracks in Illinois, Ohio, and Missouri. Local club programs have also been established in other states like Idaho, Texas, Nebraska, New York, Florida, and more. Join Margay Racing for some fast, fun, and great memories at an Ignite track near you. All information on Ignite events and Ignite cart packages including dealers in your area, are available at IgniteKarting.com. Get off the couch and onto the track this year. Ignite Karting, fuel your passion. We don't just drive trucks because they're dependable workhorses that let us tackle icy roads all winter and tow a boat on the summer weekends. We also drive trucks because they're fun. And the Cooper Discoverer Rugged Trek is a truck tire made with fun in mind. Like any Cooper tire, the Rugged Trek is designed to do everything you need it to do. It's got stone blockades to protect your tires off-road and whisper grooves for smooth, quiet street driving. But with its in-your-face design, like the dual sidewalls that let you choose between two aggressive looks, the Cooper Discoverer Rugged Trek is also a tire that shows off your truck's wild side. It's the tire that's off-road party on the outside and dependable all-purpose Cooper design on the inside. Learn more at coopertire.com. Go with the Coopers. Welcome back to the final segment of this edition of the EKN Debrief as we'll wrap things up. David, let's have a look here. Uh, let's just throw some stuff out here. Uh, history made uh, with Derek Wang. Six straight and four straight titles. An impressive uh, start to the season here in the winter for Derek Wang. Yeah, we've seen other drivers go six for six. I want to say Jack Crawford was one of them with the, the in the micro division. 
um, maybe somebody else. I want. I, I wasn't able to uh, to go back and, and look at that in a, in enough time. But uh, either way, you know, driving, you know, sweeping all six rounds again. It wasn't a perfect score. Christopher Mann was able to steal three of the fast laps, so uh, not a perfect score. So if anything, Derek should come back and try and get that perfect score in 2023. I agree. Uh, three titles as well. Uh, trio titles for Kevin Woods and Ron White Racing. Kevin, like I said, you just that's the guy you don't want to like. Uh, um, Hunter Pickett, like a guy you don't want to have kind of in the title fight coming to Sonoma. No, and it was we talked with him at the um, during the tent talk. He he likes the idea of maybe doing that FIA Masters KZ two race. So yeah. uh, I when we when we made that po- post on social media, uh, he's one of the names I came up with. Jordan Musser. So I would certainly put Kevin Woods among the uh, the top shifter cart Masters drivers that we do have in this country. Uh, let's move on to the next one, David. Uh, a big one for Race Factory. Two straight titles for Race Factory Mini Rock. Yeah, John Antonino winning the championship last year. I believe they took all three spots in the championship. I think Gage Corn was third last year. I'm going to pull that up real quick. I was in the process of doing that. Uh, yeah, so John Antonino won on the Race Factory. Sorry, they did not score. So Corn was fourth in the championship last year. But uh, yeah, so... Two straight championships in the mini rock category for Race Factory, so it's a pretty gr- uh, solid uh, start to that uh, that program. Just beginning, I want to say last year or the year before that. How about uh, uh, GFC Karting and Track Magic and Rock Shifter? Six wins by three different drivers. Yeah, I said something to Gary. I said, "Congrats on all six wins." You know, he completely forgot about that, but he's like, "What's even better is it was by three drivers. It wasn't by just one driver. It was by Kyle Wick winning two. You had Jacob Gulick winning once in Phoenix and then Hunter Pickett picking up the other three. So uh, uh, a solid, uh, you know, opening to the 2022 season for GFC and track magic in the shifter rock category. And looking forward to tw- uh, for the uh, 16th edition next year. You talked to Andy at all. Anything, anything big coming mm-hmm. for next season? Well, I think I think there's going to be some changes. You know, you know, we've talked about that in the the senior rock and the junior rock. You know, yep. the numbers aren't there. That's uh, that's kind of a struggle point for for him. So I would expect to see some possible changes moving forward. You know, they they've kind of stuck with the same rule structure that Florida Winter Tour and Rock Cup USA utilizes uh, throughout the year. But you know, maybe maybe there's a time. For maybe having the you know the fifth year of Rock program. Maybe now it's time for a little bit of an adjustment, depending on you know what what exactly he wants to do moving forward and what you think, what he thinks, uh, the competitors might want. So, um, you know, rock, rock masters, rock numbers aren't exactly there as well too, as much as we've seen in the past, you know, we yeah. only had, um, what do we have? Six, seven, seven drivers there this weekend. It was down to six after an injury. So, um, yeah, I, I'm interested to see, you know, what, uh, it, what, if any changes he makes or what they, what they're thinking about, and also what we're going to do for the schedule next year. Uh, you know, that's always a confusing time trying to fit, uh, even though, you know, the, we, we always think of the winter being the easiest season. Well, I think it's the hardest when it comes to, uh, to scheduling. 100%. Yeah. So, um, you know, we'll see if, if we're going to do the same three tracks, if we're going to bring back Cal speed, I think that's probably going to be the option is bringing back Cal speed. Um, you know, that's always a good way to start off the season with that Cal speed bump, 
and then Agreed. and then go on from there. But uh, yeah, so we'll we'll wait. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, I would expect to see a little bit of changes, especially in the schedule, and then we'll see about uh, class structure. Class structure, yeah. Let's have a look at the uh, constructors championship. Seven brands winning all total for the eighteen victories. If leading the way, CompCart and EOS each had four victories on the weekend. CompCart with uh, two in the Senior Rock. They had uh, one in the Masters 100cc and also one in the Senior 100cc. Yep. EOS with four. GFC picked up three victories, two in the Rock Shifter division and then one micro victory. Uh, two for CRG with uh, Kevin Woods picking up the two victories in Rock Shifter Master. Two for Expri, two for Race Factory, and then one Cart Republic victory with David Pergande. Uh, all right, folks, let's go to the EK and Trackside Live race calendar presented today by Briggs Racing. Briggs and Stratton is powering Operation Grassroots around the world. No other engine manufacturer is getting new and returning drivers to the kart track like the Briggs 206. The out-of-the-box performance of the Briggs 206 provides the most fun, excitement, and reliability of any karting engine on the global market. Learn more about the 206 engine and the history behind Briggs & Stratton's commitment to motorsports at BriggsRacing.com or on Instagram at RaceBriggs. All right, David, let's wrap things up. Uh, April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd this coming weekend. I'll be heading with Alicia to the Supercarts USA Pro Tour opener, the Winter Nationals at NOLA Motorsports Park. You're heading off on holidays with the family, so uh, we'll be kicking off Scusa uh, in the Big Easy. Looking forward to getting to New, uh, New Orleans. It's called a vacation, not a holiday. (laughs) I know it just cracks me up to hear you say that. It just you're on a vacation. You're going on vacation, David. I know, I know. I'm just cracking. I'm just cracking at you. (laughs) It's just it's just weird to hear you say that. But uh, yeah, I uh, I saw there's going to be some possible weather there uh, tonight and tomorrow. So uh, hopefully people are going to be safe down there as they'll be set up and getting ready for. I assume I don't know if there's any practice on Wednesday, but for sure on Thursday. So uh, I hope everybody stays safe through that. And I hope everybody has a safe uh, race weekend. And I hope uh, you enjoy doing the coverage down there for what will be the 13th season of the Pro Tour. Yeah, no doubt about 13 years. I'll be uh, joining the guys at Car Chaser for the live video coverage of that. And then we look forward to the end of April, David. It'll be your move. I've got some other races to do with the road to Indy, but April 29th to May the 1st, you're back with the crew of the United States Pro Card Series, the Carolina Grand Prix GoPro Motorplex in Mooresville, North Carolina. I know that they've already opened up the registration. And they, the uh, the entries are flooding in for there. But, yeah, you'll be back with the USPKS guys at GoPro. Yeah, we'll see what kind of a track they are going to select for that. That's They've already right. confirmed That's- it's not going to be the same national racetrack that they've utilized since the the series began back in 20 2003 2003 right no 2013 sorry right yeah 2013 yes. <laughs> that's that i'm getting old man i can't remember my <laughs> dates anymore <laughs> but uh yeah look very excited for that uh and see what what track layout they actually select and then again see what kind of numbers we're going to get as you said they're already over the 100 mark for entries for that weekend. So uh, yeah. we'll see if uh, we can get close to that 300 mark is what we saw in Ocala or in Again, Orlando. folks, 
Thank you so much for tuning into this edition of the EKN Debrief, episode number 94. We're going to hit that magic uh, 100 mark sometime during the season, but it was another great season of Challenge of the Americas competition. Always a pleasure to be at Andy's uh, races with the entire Challenge family. And a big thank you again to Skip Barber as well as our presenting sponsor of this edition of the Debrief. Uh, lots of racing to come. As we said, we head straight here uh, to the Supercarts USA Winter Nationals. This coming weekend should be a good one. Uh, we look forward to covering that event as well. Again, thank you so much for tuning in, folks. On behalf of David Cole, my name's Rob Howden. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.